Hey, Bob here, and welcome back to the Your Virtual Upline Podcast, where we give network marketers the mindset, strategies, and skills that you need to build the business and life of your dreams. Welcome, everybody. Bob here, your virtual upline. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you all had a great week last week. Today's episode, number one, 17. We are going to be doing something we've never done before. We've had a a lot of firsts here on the podcast recently, but this episode today, I'm going to be answering your questions. So I issued a call to all of you in the last episode, or it might have been the one before that, I can't remember, to submit uh, questions that you had for me to answer. And so that's what we're going to do today is I've selected four of our submitted listener questions that I'm going to be answering on the podcast here today. I think each of these topics are going to be really, really important ones. And I know that a lot of you will completely relate. You probably struggle with a lot of the same things. But as we do anytime we introduce something new, I'd love to hear from you. So at the end of this episode, if you like it and you like specifically this format where you know, I'd love to try to make this podcast more of an interactive experience where you feel a part of the process in terms of helping create the content. I know that the live coaching was like a grand slam home run by far. A lot of you were like, yes, we need more of that. So I'm definitely planning on doing more live coaching to let you kind of see behind the curtains of what that's like. But if you like this format, let me know and we'll periodically do more of these kinds of episodes as well. So. Hey, before I get into that, I just want to give you an important update as well. So you've heard me talking more about my book, my first book that I'm writing. I know we have a lot of new podcast listeners. So if you're new to the podcast, maybe you haven't heard me share this before, but I am writing my first book and it's been something that's kind of been on my heart for some time to do. And quite frankly, the timing wasn't right for me. And the message wasn't really clear in terms of what I wanted to say. And it took me a very long time. You know, writing this book has been, without a doubt, the hardest thing I've ever done professionally in my career because I really, really want to put something out into the world that's different. And I want to make sure that the book that I create is not something that is really just a glorified sales pitch for some of my paid programs and things like that, which, look, I'm not faulting people that do that, but I've read those books before where at the end I'm like, "Eh, I really didn't get a lot out of that. But I wanted to write something that really, really made an impact with people, that whether or not you ever consumed anything else that I've created, that that book enough would be something that could really change your life. And I couldn't possibly be more excited at what this finished product is going to be. And I had a call with a publisher this week, and it's looking like I'm getting pretty close to making a decision on that. The book is supposed to be done. It should be done by the end of the year. And I just tell you, I'm so excited for you all to get this because I know that this is what you need. And there's never been a book written in our profession that's going to be anything like this. You all are going to be so blown away at the messages inside of there. And and here's what I'm planning on doing. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you're going to want to make sure you tune in because I'm going to start teaching a lot more of the concepts that I'm putting in the book that I want to start sharing with you here on the podcast so you can get a sense of what's to come. But I promise you this, this is going to be the kind of book that you are going to want to get in the hands of every new person that signs into your team because here's what it's going to do. It's going to really change the way completely that they look at this business. 
that they look at themselves in this business. It's going to really go deep in terms of the mindset and the beliefs and the philosophies. And I think you have a sense of what's going to be in there because you hear the things that I teach that a lot of times are radically different, but I'm going to be introducing some new concepts in this book that I've never spoken about before because my ideas have really been starting to evolve and grow as I've been studying and doing research and going through the process of writing it. But I'm also going to be sharing a lot about the messy details of my journey and really letting you get to see inside of my head. And I'm going to be telling some stories from my past that I think are going to be really powerful. And and like I said, I just, I couldn't be more excited. So it's looking like that we'll probably be releasing and launching the book in the spring of next year, early spring, maybe March, April timeframe, hopefully. So as we get closer to that, you'll know all the details. We'll definitely be running some huge promotions and some pre-sale campaigns. And I'm going to want to make sure that I can get a copy in all of your hands first before anyone else. So I just, I want to start sharing more of this journey with you because it's something I'm really excited about. And I really want to kind of have you understand where we are in the progression of that. So anyway, that being said, let's get into the listener questions this week. So my team and I selected four different questions that we thought would be a good representation of what we hear from a lot of you, things that you struggle with on a daily basis. So I know in answering these questions, hopefully I'll be able to add a lot of value to each and every one of you. So I'm just going to go through each one. I'll give my perspective. I'll tell you, I did a little bit of prep for this, but most of what I'm going to be doing here is going to just be kind of in the moment, speaking from my heart and trying to you know, serve each person in the best way that I can. I prefer to keep these a little bit more authentic and less scripted. So if I stutter in my words and stumble a little bit, forgive me, but I'm just going to kind of speak from my heart here. So the first question comes from Sarah. And the question, there's a couple of different parts to it. The first part of the question is this. It's just an acknowledgement of, you know, I'm stuck and how do I get myself unstuck? The problem that she's having is that she's been inconsistent for a really long time with the system in her company, and just doing like the income producing activities. And she wants to know where would you start if you wanted to stay consistent, start to be an example for your team so that you can get the momentum going. Now, I'm going to guess that a lot of you are probably shaking your heads right now because you fell into that trap of not doing the things you know you need to do. You've got a team. Maybe you haven't been leading by example, whether you realize that or you don't. And I think here's the first thing I'll say, Sarah, to you, and I'll say it to any other of you that have struggled with this. A lot of times we find ourselves in this place as a leader, not showing up, and we know it. And we know that that probably has an influence on our team. And what we do is we beat ourselves up because of this. We beat ourselves up because of what we haven't done. And here's what we do. We make the fatal mistake that most of us do. We focus on the things that we haven't done in the past. And what winds up happening is we just obsess and think about, you know, I failed my team. I haven't showed up for them. It's been so long since I've been in the group or done all these things. And what that is, is that's us focusing on the past. And it's creating negative thoughts about ourselves, which are making us creating negative feelings, which are causing us to continue to do the same thing, which is not show up. And this is the pattern that we have to learn how to break. This is what the formula for transformation that I taught all of you, it's understanding this. This is a very valuable lesson we all must learn. The past is done. There is nothing you can do to change the past. 
And every minute that you spend focusing on and obsessing over what you could have or should have done differently, which is basically just you trying to change reality, which guess what? You can't do. But every second that you spend focusing on the past, you are robbing yourself of another present moment. And how you change your life, the only opportunity you will ever have to change your life exists in the present moment right now. All you will ever have for the rest of your life is another series of right now. And if you're spending the present moment obsessing about the past and thinking about what you could have done, you're focusing on the negative, then you're just going to keep recreating more of what you don't want. And this is the trap of being stuck that we fall into. We fall victim of our circumstances and we create these negative thoughts that keep creating the results that we don't want. So Sarah, my advice to you is the same to everyone else. You have to consciously start to choose different thoughts about yourself and your business. And you have to understand that what you have or haven't done in the past has no bearing on your ability to create something different or better in the future. So to answer your question, where would you start? Start anywhere. Just start doing something. Look, there's no right or wrong action to take at this point. The only right action is choosing something and doing it, right? Pick something to do. Start prospecting again. Start showing up in your group. Start doing the things that you know you need to do. So what we wind up doing is this. We wind up making it this big thing. Like, how do I just start showing back up? Because in our mind, we create these elaborate stories about what all these people are going to think. There's been a lot of times in my career where I've had a leader reach out to me feeling really guilty because they've been kind of MIA or they haven't been showing up. And they've created this big story in their head about how can I just start showing up? Like my team is, you know, what are they going to think? And it's funny because my advice to them is always the same thing. You want to know what they're going to think? Not much. Because I bet you a lot of them, they don't even realize you haven't been showing up because you want to know the thing they've been focused on the most, not what you're doing, what they're doing. See, most people are so caught up in their own story and their own stuff, they're not even paying attention to what other people are doing. And it's interesting how we make up these big elaborate stories and we make up this big thing about showing back up. Look, guys, just do it. Your team will be thrilled to see you again. Your team will be so happy to know that you're there. They're not going to be angry at you because you weren't. They just need the support. They want the support. They don't care about you. They care about what you can do to help them. So start by small little steps of action. Focus on how can I serve my team today? Call someone up in your team. Get yourself plugged back in. Say, hey, what can I do to help you in your business today? Get out there and take action. Do a Facebook Live. Prospect somebody. Send a message. See, here's the big mistake that we make. We wait for motivation to show up to take action. And I can promise you this, and I speak from experience. If you sit around and wait to feel motivated in order to work your business, you are not going to get much of anything done. And here's the secret to motivation. Motivation comes when you can will yourself into taking the action even when you don't feel like it. See, the miracle of motivation is it shows up once you start moving. Once you start taking action, you force yourself to do it, then you begin to feel motivated, you begin to feel more confident, you begin to feel more excited because here's the secret of getting unstuck. The only way you get unstuck is by taking action. When you feel stuck, it's because you're not growing anymore. And that's your soul's way of telling you that. And the way that you grow is through taking action. Now, I can almost promise you, Sarah, 
You didn't say this here, but I bet you this is an underlying reason why you are where you are. And I talked about this in the gift of failure episode that we did a couple of episodes ago. A lot of times, if we're struggling with showing up and taking action, part of that is because we probably don't have a clear vision for how our life can be better outside of our current circumstances. I'm going to talk about that in a, there's a question here asking that. So having a vision for your life, right, and starting the process of believing that you can make things better, that will act as almost like a gravitational pull, pulling you into action. But the other thing is this. I just finished reading this book, and I know a lot of you have probably read it. If you haven't, it's a good read. It's called The Psychology of Success. And the author is Carol Dweck. And inside of this book, she presents that there are two basic mindsets that people fall into. And she defines them as either a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. And the argument that she makes is that people that have a fixed mindset, what they believe is that their talents and their abilities are kind of set in stone, right? They're fixed, that they're just, they either have it or they don't. And people with a fixed mindset, they really struggle with failure because when they fail at something, they actually think that that means that they are a failure. They define themselves by the failure. And Sarah, you didn't indicate this, but I can almost promise you that if you're struggling with taking consistent action, it's because you are starting from a place, you have this belief that's in the back of your mind and you probably don't even know it's there, that you're not good enough and that you're not worthy. And that the only way that you can become worthy is if you get someone to say yes, or if you achieve that rank or you get that bonus check, you think that hitting a rank or making money or building a team, that's going to make you worthy. And here's the message you need to understand. And I'm not just picking on you, Sarah. I'm saying this to everybody. You have to realize that you will never in your life be more worthy or deserving of the things you want than you are right now in this moment. Someone saying yes or no has no validation on your worth. Now, it has everything to do with your growth, but it has nothing to do with your inherent value. And if you have this fixed mindset that when, when you fail, it means you're a failure, you are going to struggle with taking consistent action for the rest of your life. Here's the mindset you need to adopt. And this is the other mindset that she presents in this book. It's called the psychology of success is a growth mindset. People with a growth mindset view failure completely differently. When they fail, they don't view it as that means that they are a failure. They view failure as an opportunity for them to learn and grow and become better. Now, what's inherent in this mindset is what I'm trying to get across to you. And what I taught you, what I've been teaching you on this podcast is that your results do not define you, right? You are worthy of what you want today. And if you can adopt a growth mindset, a more healthy attitude towards failure, and as you begin to take action, if you understand, that if somebody says no, it has nothing to do with you. But what it does give you is, is an opportunity for you to grow and learn and become more. So my advice to you, Sarah, is if you want to get unstuck, you just got to start somewhere. You got to take an action. That's when the motivation shows up. And I really, really want you to start to identify the thoughts and the beliefs that you have about yourself. Because at the end of the day, those are the things that will determine whether you show up or not. And if you can just keep working on this process of managing your thoughts and changing your beliefs about yourself, 
that's going to be the secret for you changing your life. So, Zara, thank you so much for submitting that question. I thought that was a really important and valuable discussion. So, okay, on to question number two. Question number two comes in from Tiara or Tiara. Sorry if I mispronounced that. I'm sure one of those two is the right one. Her comment is this, I'm a runner, right? Now, if you don't know what runner means, she's referring to I'm a leader. Like I didn't need my hand held when I joined my business. Her question is this, how do you change the speed of your team? How do you adjust your expectations of other people knowing that they're not you? This is a great question. Tiara, this is a problem that most leaders have. And I've talked about this before, but I want to reiterate something I've said before. Here's what we have to realize, okay? You are most likely a unicorn. You are different and you know that. If you're somebody that's listening to this podcast and you've achieved a level of success in your business, you most likely were the kind of person that you did not need your handheld. You got in, you might not have had the best support. You didn't have all the systems and training that you know you need to provide. But somehow, through sheer grit, determination, and desire, you made it work. And when that's where we start, if that's who we are in our business, what winds up happening is as we build a team, we have trouble reconciling this idea that other people are not like us, that other people need to have their hand held. They need direction. They need accountability. They need systems. They need support. This is the reason why a lot of leaders fight doing these things It's almost like this quiet resentment for their team. Like, I don't understand why you don't just get it. And in our mind, I don't even know if I've said it this way before, but this just popped into my head. And I think this is true. We almost view people not through an empathetic lens, but we almost look at ourselves like we're better than them. Like, I don't know why you don't just get it. And without us realizing it, sometimes we view ourselves as better than other people just because they need things that we didn't. And I'm telling you, if that's the position that you come from as a leader, where you're viewing the people on your team less than because they need these things, you are always going to struggle connecting with and influencing and leading people. See, here's the first thing I want you to realize about being a leader. You have to understand that most people on your team are never going to be like you. They're not going to be like you. And when we talk about doing things like creating systems and accountability, And all the stuff that to you feels like actual work that you don't really want to do, but you do it begrudgingly, you're not creating those things for yourself. And look, if you're fortunate enough to have a handful of other people on your team that are like you, then you're lucky. But I'll just tell you, most people are not going to be that way. And here's the good news. You can build a massively successful business and a massively successful team without ever having one other person come onto your team that's anything like you. Here's the challenge we all have as leaders. The challenge we have as leaders is learning how to lead our teams in a way that we create an environment where the masses can win. And when I say win, that means different things for different people. But the way that you achieve greatness in this business is it's just a lot of people contributing a little bit over time. Tiara, to get back to your question here, there are some things that you can do to change the speed of your team. But the first thing I want to answer your question with is I want to start making sure that your mindset is in the right area because here's where we go wrong. And just the word that you used is setting you up for failure. When we have expectations in life, we set ourselves up for failure because here's what happens. 
When we have an expectation of how we think someone should do, and they do not meet that expectation, that's what causes us pain and suffering. Unmet expectations are the number one cause of pain or suffering in your life. I bet you any area of your life, your marriage, your relationship, your job, your financial life, your spiritual life, your whatever, any area of your life, if you're experiencing pain and suffering right now, I bet you if you look closely, there was an expectation that you had of how something should have went or how someone should have acted towards you or what they should have said. And that person or that thing, that expectation was not met. And if we live our life through the lens of expectation, we are constantly setting ourselves up for failure. Here's the key. And Tony Robbins, I think, said this best. We need to learn to trade our expectations for appreciation. If you can learn to stop expecting and just start appreciating people for who they are and what they are, if you can learn how to not try to make someone something they're not, but instead meet them at where they are and try to give them assistance to get them to that next level if that's what they want. See, part of this is understanding this. It's not your job to make people successful. You can't make someone something that they're not willing to become. So you have to learn how to honor each and every person on your team for where they are in their journey. Just because their goals are not as big as yours doesn't mean that they have the wrong goals. Some people, it takes time for them to grow into their vision of having a bigger and a better life. Some people, it takes time for them to believe that they could actually do something like this. It could be possible. And you want to know how you lead them? You are a constant example of what's possible. You are always leading from the front. You are always doing what you say you want them to do. You are showing them that it's possible to continue to have big goals and achieve bigger dreams for yourself. You know, a lot of times as leaders, we get stuck in management mode trying to lift everyone on our team up, and we forget that the first person we need to lift up is ourselves. We get stuck at a rank for way too long and we start holding our team down because they see us stopping to try to achieve and grow. And then they start doubting, well, if she can't do it, if he can't do it, how am I going to do it? So you've got to let go of your expectations of others and you have to stop trying to make people successful. Here's the key thing that I teach all of our students that are in my Legacy Leadership Academy. Here's the key thing I try to teach them when it comes to leadership. It's a balancing act. You must create a culture on your team where everyone feels welcomed, loved, and appreciated regardless of their level of commitment or their goals or their dreams. Everybody should feel welcome. We're building a volunteer army here. People are choosing to be here. And if they don't feel loved and appreciated regardless of where they are, they're not going to stick around. So we create an environment where everyone feels loved and welcome. But at the same time, we recognize as a leader Time is our greatest and most valuable asset. We only have a certain amount of our own time that we can commit to working with people. So we must consciously choose the people we work with. And what that means is you must direct your personal time to the people that deserve your time and not those that need it. Because what will happen as your team grows, the demands on your time will grow and there'll be a bunch of needy people that want your time but don't really deserve it because they are not committed to their own success. And here's how you can tell if somebody's committed. Are they showing up and taking the necessary action or are they just complaining and looking for somebody to listen to them and wasting your time when it comes to like not doing anything with it? So if you can learn how to stop trying to make people successful and drag them across the finish line, 
Start investing your time into those that deserve it. Now, here's the problem with this. The ones that deserve your time are your best people. They're the ones that are just like you that do not need their hand held. And what we have a tendency to do as leaders is we just let those people go on on their own because they don't need us, but they deserve us. And the ones that deserve your time will never ask for your time. So if you can learn how to intentionally start working with different people, pouring into them, taking someone on your team, that's good. But by holding them accountable and challenging them and pushing them, you can make them great or somebody that's great and you can help them become extraordinary. It's the combination of all these things that help us begin to change the speed at which our team begins to run. So Tierra, my going back, number one, you want to change the speed of your team, you need to look at how fast you're running. Now, I'm guessing because of your comment, you're telling me you are running. You are leading by example, right? You are doing the right thing. So number two, who are you working with? Who are the people? Take an inventory of how you spend your time every day. How much time are you spending with the ones that deserve your time versus the ones that need your time? And number three, I would tell you this. You've got to learn how to let go of people. And this is a very difficult thing for us to do because most of us, we get attracted to a business like this and we succeed in a business like this because we love on people. You know, relationships are the foundation of leadership, right? John Maxwell says that. And a lot of times we can achieve success just because we really love and care about people. But that gets in the way of our leadership because eventually what winds up happening is we realize we can't carry everyone across the finish line. And sometimes the best thing that we can do for someone is let them go. And, and here's the thing. If you truly love and you truly care about someone, you're willing to let them go. Because a lot of times what we do is we enable people as leaders, right? They have this volunteer victim mindset, and we're always there to hear them complain and try to pump them up. But what we fail to realize is every minute we spend with that person, we're robbing from some other deserving person on our team that is committed, that does need the help, that might not be willing to tell you that, but you better believe they want it and they need it. So we have to be able to have the compassion to let people go and know that sometimes they're not going to come back and that's okay because that just means that it wasn't for them. But sometimes it is in the letting go that we wake people up to the fact that they are the ones that have responsibility and that might be the very act that gets them to turn around and start showing up the way that they need to. So great question, Tiara. Thank you for asking that. And I thought once again, hopefully you found that discussion valuable. The third question of four comes in from Jessica. Jessica is saying this, that she obviously listened to last week's or two weeks episodes ago, The Magic of Thinking Big. She says, I want to think big. I want to cast a vision for my life. But there's always, isn't there, there's always the but, isn't there? There's always the but comes. But when I think about who I need to be in order to make that happen, it's threatening my current identity big time, capital big time. So you know it's big time. Question is this, how do I change my identity and shift into that person that I know I need to be because there's a lot of fear involved? Now, Jessica, thank you for asking the question. Thank you for being honest because I can promise you lots of people feel the way that you do. See, this is the thing. This is where thinking big and this is why they call it. I even taught you. When you start thinking like for 10-year goals, and if you haven't listened to that episode, you want to go do that. I think it was two episodes ago. But thinking big and setting 10-year goals for yourself, it causes you to focus less on what you need to do. Because like when you set a one-year goal, 
your mind will immediately start thinking of the how. How am I going to get there? Because it's such a short period of time. So you automatically default to the strategies and the tactics. And what winds up happening is you only set incrementally better goals because your mind needs to rationalize how you can achieve it within that short period of time. See, thinking big requires you to think longer periods. And when you can set 10-year goals, it forces your mind to think less about the how, and it forces you to think more about the person that you need to become. That's why we call 10-year goals identity-shaking goals. And this, Jessica, is what is happening to you right now. It is shaking your identity. It is forcing you to look at the person that you've been in your business, the characteristics that you've been demonstrating. Have you been letting fear keep you back? Have you been inconsistent? Have you been focused on yourself or serving others? Right? It focuses us to really look at who we've been, and that's hard. Letting go of your current identity is one of the hardest things you'll do. Now, here's what's crazy about it. Even though our current identity has gotten us the results that we don't want today, those are the results that we know and that is certain to us. And the minute we start thinking big, the minute we start envisioning a future for ourselves that's so far greater than what we have, and the minute we start thinking of how we need to change, the mind hate resists that process. Because now you're stepping into the realm of uncertainty. And the mind does not want that. It wants to feel certain. It wants to feel in control. And it tries to trick you into thinking it's protecting you. Your mind is not there to help you create the business and the life of your dreams. Your mind wants to keep you stuck. Your mind wants to keep you in your comfort zone. Your mind wants to keep you in the same rut you've always been because that's what it knows. And the first thing you need to realize is understand that. Now, here's how this shows up for us. We start thinking big and dreaming big. And then the mind kicks in, and what does it do? It starts rationalizing, right? We start looking to our past and our current circumstances for evidence. How are you going to do that? You've never done that before, right? Well, that's the whole idea. If you're going to set an impossible goal, it's going to seem impossible because it's something you've never done before. But that doesn't mean you can't do it. See, if you have the fixed mindset, like we talked about earlier, that you can't get better, then you're never going to set impossible goals. So you need a growth mindset. You need to understand that you might not be the person you need to be today to achieve those big goals, but you can become that person. So Jessica, what you're going through is totally normal. So getting back to your question, how do I change my identity and shift into that person? Here's the first thing you do. You're thinking big. You're setting a vision for your life. You need to get crystal clear on what that is. You've got to fight through the resistance that your mind is going to create because it's really difficult. It's easy for us to just set incrementally better goals on a short-term basis because it doesn't force us to become anyone different. It's really difficult to sit there with a blank canvas and create your future as you want it to be because so many of us have begun conditioned to think about what we don't want and we've become conditioned with the state of limitation and we've forgotten that we are infinitely creative beings. You and I are God's highest form of creation. We can create anything we want. We were created in his image to do his work. There's no limitation in terms of what you can do. The only limitation you have is in your own vision. So the first step is you got to get clear on what do you want? Because unless you have that clear vision of how life can be better. Now, I get it. You might not believe it yet. But here's the secret. You don't need to believe it right now. But you do need to get clear on what it is. And when you get clear on what it is, here's the next step. You start to take action. 
So you've got this vision of where you want your life to be. You're not sure. You don't really believe it yet, but it doesn't matter because now you have to start developing the habit of believing. See, that's the thing. Belief is just a habit. You can train yourself to believe whatever you want, but it takes time and consistent conscious effort. So the first step is this. Start taking action, just like I recommended to Sarah. It doesn't matter. So you're thinking big, but now you got to get real small. You got to understand that your life's vision, your dreams will be achieved one step at a time. All you can ever do is that next action. There is no right or wrong thing. There just is something. Don't sit there paralyzed by your fear. Do something. Muster up the courage. See, we talk a lot about faith on this podcast. Faith is one of the most important values that can drive your life. Faith is believing in something bigger than yourself. And it's also imagining that if you can just put yourself out there, that things will work out in your favor. But here's the interesting thing about faith, because people are like, oh, I got faith. I'm faithful, Bob. I go to church, right? Praise Jesus. I'm faithful. But here's the question I want you to ask yourself. Are you practicing faith? Because you want to know what the evidence of faith is in terms of practice. And I'm going to call some of you out right now. It's courageous action. See, if you're not taking action every day towards your goals, you are not practicing faith. So number one, what is the vision for your life? Unless you know what it is, what do you know what you're shooting for? Number two, start practicing faith, demonstrating it through small steps of courageous action. And here's number three. You got to start developing the habit of believing in your dreams. And the way that you do that is very simple. Every day, take a couple of minutes in the morning, review your dreams and your goals. Imagine yourself as though they've already happened. Start to develop an emotional attachment to them. See, here's the secret of success. I want you to think back to a time in your life. Maybe it was a vacation or something that you had scheduled in your future that you were really excited about. And I want you to think about how many times in between when you knew that was going to happen and it happened, you allowed yourself to drift into that place of imagination and dreaming. And you could almost literally emotionally You felt yourself there. You could feel yourself on the beach with the sun basking down on you. Maybe it's somewhere you've been before. So you were thinking about being at your favorite restaurant or on the lounge chair and drinking that drink that you love there. Like you emotionally in that moment, even though you were sitting in your office or you were driving the kids to school and they were screaming, you were tuned out to everything else that was in your environment and you were emotionally in that place and you experienced the emotions of being there. Here is the science of the human mind. And recent research has proven this over and over. You can create the same emotions in the moment, envisioning a future life or something happening in the future. It's those are the same emotions that you experience when it happens. Your brain does not know the difference. So there's this thing called neuroplasticity where you can literally change your brain just by what you think about on a daily basis. And so every day, if you can just take a couple of minutes to review these goals and this this vision and this dream that you have and summon the emotional state of what it's going to feel like as if that's already happening. This is the hard work of this process because most of us do not make the time to do this because we don't understand the importance. But if every day you can review those goals, practice a little bit of maybe it's in your gratitude practice or you just you're reviewing that vision and you're trying to emotionally put yourself into that state. Here's what will happen. You will begin to change your brain. And you will start to feel a pull 
like a gravitational force, the things in the past that you found difficult to do, that you struggled with finding the motivation, showing up and taking action, they will start to become effortless. Because what will wind up happening is this. Everything we do in our life is either to avoid pain or to seek pleasure. And if you're stuck in your life right now, here's the reason why. You associate more pain with taking action than you do pleasure. The short-term pleasure we get of staying stuck and not facing our fears in our minds usually outweighs the pain of taking action. And one of the reasons why this happens is because you don't have a vision of how your life can be better and you don't believe that. See, when you do the things that I'm teaching you right now, here's what will begin to happen. You will start to feel a tremendous pain staying where you are because you're beginning to get clearer on this vision and you're starting to experience the emotions of what it's going to be like once that happens. And that's going to start to change your brain patterns of thinking. And you're literally, you're going to start to become more and more dissatisfied with your current life. See, the things that you accepted the before, you'll not accept anymore. See, that's why I tell you a lot of you, you complain a lot, but I'll be real with you. It don't hurt bad enough yet. The life you have is the one you're willing to put up with. And when you start to do what I'm teaching you, you will stop putting up with a lot of the stuff you put up with today. And you will be pulled into the future and you will start taking action. This is the hard work of changing your life. Every single one of you can do it but you've got to make a conscious decision and effort to do everything that I'm talking about. So great question, Jessica. Thank you for asking it. And um, hopefully you found that valuable. So the last question, fourth one, last but not least, comes in from Sarah. So Sarah's question is this, how are you supposed to see yourself running a million dollar company when you are so far in debt? How can I truly believe that one day I'll be able to retire my husband and spend every day with my family when I barely ever get to see them now as it is? This is a great question. I just want to say, Sarah, thank you for being honest, okay? Because I know a lot of people struggle with this. We've talked a lot this episode about thinking big. And I know that when we start this process, we struggle with it. It's really easy for us to get caught up in our circumstances. And I've talked about this before, but I'm going to say it again. Here's the trap that most of us fall into that Sarah is falling into right now. We limit what we believe to be possible for our lives in the future based off of what we see in front of us today. I did this for years. We all do this. And it is a fatal mistake because what we wind up doing is this. Now, we know, because I've taught you this before, your current circumstances, right? You're in debt. You don't get a chance to see your family. You're busy with your business and your life. Your current circumstances have nothing to do with your future. Your current circumstances are evidence of your past thoughts. See, thoughts, all they are is our interpretation of our circumstances. And with any kind of an interpretation, there are different ways to look at things. There's a positive and a negative. And what most of us do is we have negative circumstances. We think negative thoughts. Like, for example, you know, Sarah saying that I'm in debt. I'm deeply in debt. How am I ever going to run a million-dollar business? I'm in debt. So the circumstances, she's in debt, okay? But I promise you her thought as it relates to that circumstance is she's Looking at the fact that she's in debt and she's thinking, I'm not good with money. I'm not worthy. 
I could never be successful. I'm not successful now. Now, all these are, are her interpretations. Look, the facts are she's in debt. She's adding all these additional layers to it. Now, you might argue, but Bob, isn't that true? Well, let me present a different way to look at this. See, she wasn't always in debt, right? At some point in her life, she started to think that she wasn't good with money or that there were certain thoughts that she started to have that created feelings that started to dictate actions. Now, I don't think there's any one of us that can argue that what eventually creates our results is what we do every day, right? If you mismanage money, if you overspend, like if you develop habits that lead you to being in debt, you overspend, you don't budget, you don't save, the things you do over time create your results, okay? So, but you got to go back to thinking about what causes us to overspend, what causes us to not save. Well, it traces back to your thoughts. You know, for me, I was really bad with money for a very, very long period of time in my life because I had an underlying belief that I was not worthy of success. And anytime I had money that came into my life, it would make me feel uncomfortable having it and I would immediately go out and spend it. And a lot of times this happens and we don't realize it. And it was because it made me uncomfortable. When I would see these short little windfalls of success, I would have a month in my business where things would go really well. And I never understood this was what would happening, but I would almost like clockwork, I would go right to the mall and I would spend it all, or I would make stupid purchases, or I just would mismanage it. You know, almost for my entire 20s, from 20 to 30, I was 30 years old. I was worth worse off financially at 30 than I was 20. And I made money, you know, through my 20s, but I spent it quicker than I could make it. I never saved. I was deeply in debt. I didn't pay credit cards off. I had creditors chasing me all over the place, avoiding phone calls. I mean, I was a mess, right? Like, I'm keeping it real with you right now. And it always used to drive me crazy because I wasn't stupid. Like, I was a smart person. Like, I knew what was happening. But I unconsciously was doing all this because I had these unresolved beliefs about myself that were driving all of my behavior. And it wasn't until I was able to dig into that belief level and start changing the way that I was thinking about myself and starting to change the way that I felt about my business. See, I can tell you one thing, Sarah, you can get out of debt. It's not going to happen overnight, right? It's taken you a while to get to your point. I got out of debt. It took me years of just developing different habits, starting to save, starting to budget, starting to treat myself differently when it came to my business and money. And it was over time, like it's like I teach you, you don't change your life. You change your habits and your habits change your life. And it takes time, but you can do it. So the answer to your question is this. The way that you change your identity is through what you do every single day. And that starts with your thoughts. So Sarah, this is not easy, but this is something you need to work on. You need to start looking at what are the beliefs that I have about myself? What are the beliefs that I have about success? What are the beliefs that I have about my business that are driving my feelings and my actions that have led me to the results that I don't want? And then when we realize this, right, and, and this is the big thing, and I talked about this in one of the past episodes. The big distinction that we have to make is being able to understand that we are not our thoughts. We are the thinker of our thoughts. And just because we have negative thoughts does not make us a negative person. Just because we have negative feelings does not make us a negative person. It just means we are a human being. Most of us do is we think negative thoughts. We think we're a negative person. We think sad thoughts. We think we're a sad person. That's not the case. 
You are the thinker of your thoughts. The problem only arises when you choose to believe a negative thought about yourself. And what you realize is when you can step outside and understand that all thoughts are just sentences in your mind, they're just a different way to interpret what's happening in your life. And you can consciously start to choose different thoughts. Negative thoughts create negative results. Positive thoughts create positive results over time. So it's consciously choosing your thoughts, starting to believe different things about yourself. It'll start to make you feel differently. And here's what it will do. It will start to change what you do. You'll start taking action when before you didn't. And it is in the daily actions. You're reinforcing it on the back end with everything I'm teaching you. But it is the small little steps every single day. Stop focusing on a million-dollar business. Start focusing on a dollar business. Start focusing on $2 business, $5, $10 business. Can you believe a $1,000 business for yourself? Great. Then focus on that as your first goal. It's incremental small little steps. Now, you need that vision to get you excited and draw you, but then you have to identify what are the small little steps along the way and what are the things that I can control that I need to do, which is just showing up and taking the action. And over time, Sarah, as you do that, you do that for 30, 60 days, you will literally transform into a different person. The problem you have that I'm getting from your question is you're just so stuck right now in your current identity of negative thoughts. You're thinking that you are your negative thoughts and beliefs and you're not. You've created those. You can change them. That's where this is all going to start for you. So thank you so much for asking that question. I hope that you get a lot of value out of that answer and to each and every one of you, same thing. So hey, listen, let me know. Did you like this episode? I kind of freestyled this a little bit. Hopefully I shared some things that you found helpful. And I think these discussions were valuable, but I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to hear more of these kinds of episodes where we answer questions, let me know, send me a message, leave me a review. Tag me on Instagram, screenshot, send me a message, Facebook, whatever. Just reach out to me and let me know. So as always, everybody, I love and appreciate each and every one of you for being a part of this community, for being a part of this movement that we are creating. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you have an amazing, amazing week. I'll see you next week. Take care.